This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. A program for and about America's 78 million baby boomers. Here's your host, Freddie Bell. Hi, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to New Beginnings. We'll talk to Libel Sternbach this week. Also, Joe McKenzie is here. We'll look at what happened this week and also share today's words to the wise. You're listening to New Beginnings, and our program is underway right now. Hi again, everyone. This is New Beginnings, and with me right now is Joe McKenzie. And if you're wondering who Joe McKenzie is, my question would be, where have you been? Joe McKenzie is the esteemed founder of Ripple Connects. He turns candidates into contenders. Joe McKenzie, hello, and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Freddie Bell. How are you today? I'm doing well. Glad you're with us. And how can our listeners get details about Ripple Connects and the work you do? They can certainly visit my web website, and that's rippleconnects.com. If they want to have more in-depth on some of the different offerings that we have, they can certainly reach out to me directly at 763-438-1621. All right. We want to talk about this week about uh, what happens when your career reaches a crossroads. What's an example of a crossroads time in your career, in your opinion, Joe McKenzie? Well, you, you end up at a kind of an intersection of a couple different ways you can go. And just like anything, you have to make decisions. Decisions need to be made. It, there's many reasons why we meet that crossroads in our career. We may be burned out. We, be, we may just feel like we've hit our ceiling. Uh, may have some new um, thoughts on new directions, new beginnings in our careers, but ultimately... Many of us have reached that. I know I did, Freddie. I was in outside sales for so many years that about 15 years ago, I reached that crossroads. I had to make some decisions. Which road do I take? And I didn't want to be in sales as much as maybe the nonprofit, and I did. I ended up in the credit union industry and then the the nonprofit. I had to make some decisions. And that's why I would like to share it with people because I know, Freddie, there's someone out there today that's probably reaching that point where they have – They've reached the crossroads. Do I continue on with this for the next 20 years, what I'm doing now, or do I take a path, a new road that's uh, scary to me, uncertain to me? But really, let's focus on the decision-making process and some steps to maybe help you navigate uh, good decision-making processes. What about those folks who don't really realize that they are really at a crossroads uh, in their career? They're just seeing that, uh, well, you know, this job is ending, but or maybe this job is just starting, and it, is this really the right uh, path that I need to take? So what's, what are some questions that you can ask yourself internally to help to navigate through a situation like that where you could take a turn to the left or a turn to the right? I think most people will start experiencing that crossroads when they start not seeing the growth that they had or the excitement to learn new things. I think that is usually where it starts. Or you feel like you're starting to plateau in your career. You could basically show up and do your job and, and really no extra effort. Those are things that you start to recognize for yourself, Freddie. But in reality, that's some people will go on, but many people will not feel as satisfied about their jobs if they don't have that growth potential or that, that ability to stay somewhere and, and make some some changes, 
I think those are the those are the things that they start to see. But it's the decision making process. Um, how are they going to get new information? Because all they've done maybe for the last twenty years is this, and that's what you need to start bringing in. And and you, Freddie, we've talked about a number of different ways. It's it's no secret to people that maybe volunteering or your bench of crew advocates or even taking this you know kind of a bridge employment opportunity may open up your world to your different options out there, Freddie. Those advocates that you have may provide insights about your transferable skills and which industry you could pivot to. Volunteer opportunities in leadership or working in a nonprofit or even just in a uh, community advisory uh, role may open your eyes to the new worlds out there, new people to collaborate with. We spend so much of our working time in our career working with others on a project or uh, a mission. We often don't have enough uh, people around us that give us that diversity of thinking. And those are those are the key areas that I'd like to focus on today to help you make better decisions. So what is the first step in making those better decisions, Joe McKenzie? Well, first of all, A, realizing you, you've, you're reaching that point. But helping that decision-making process is just realizing you're going to have to get out of that, that comfort zone that you're in and bring your, bring your advocates closer. Those advocates are the people that know you the best. Many of those advocates can uh, operate and have experience in other industries. Why wouldn't you want to ask them about where you could apply your skills somewhere else if you've met those crossroads? Why wouldn't you want to get some trusted information from people that want to champion you? That would be my first step is bring in the people that you know and trust. Who do you turn? And you ask yourself, Freddie, who do you turn to at this time? And that is a great question to ask because those advocates, it could be just two or three advocates that help you open up the world to uh, when you at that crossroads, where to go next. Well, you know, you could really be at a big crossroads when you suddenly find yourself uh, without employment or without uh a strong bench of advocates. So what do you do when you find yourself there's uh, perhaps no money coming in at that point and you still have the bills to pay and you're still trying, you're still passionate about your career, but that career is not uh, within your grasp. What do you do? Well, you, you obviously if, if, if you're in career transition, you got to make sure that that, that, that cash flow and, and, and income is there you know, short order, make sure that you, you see those bridge employment, um, those opportunities to maybe stay similar to what you're doing, but it gives you enough time to go through that process and make better decisions on where do you step next. Um, but Freddie, many people hit career crossroads and they just continue on with that job. And that often they'll just go on for the next two, three, four years plateauing, not growing. And I'm trying to reach those people as well, Freddie, to make sure that they can start making good decisions. I know when I made that decision to move out of outside sales and office equipment, that was a couple of years in the making. And I started attending classes, uh, just even just short, you know, micro classes just to open up the world to nonprofits to me. I started meeting with others. I started attending groups and I started volunteering for other nonprofits. That was the decision-making process I made to help bring clarity for my own, my own uh, career crossroads moment into the nonprofit. You've also talked about uh, 
volunteering to gain more clarity on your direction. Yes, uh, and that that is something many people see. They they now they start to see when they're say they're volunteering for a nonprofit or being a part of a community group. Now they start to see that maybe their leadership, their their transferable skills can be applied elsewhere. So often we think our skills don't transfer until we're in a position where they are. And I did see that where, you know, going into the nonprofit, my selling skills applied nicely to the nonprofit. The nonprofit needed to sell the mission of what they're doing. Volunteering is a great opportunity uh, to be able to fit into your schedule that allows you to be surrounded by like-minded people, Freddie. Those people that might become a new advocate for you or just a new source of information because they see your leadership, they see your skills on the front line. And how do they, how do they adapt and, uh, or how do they integrate into what some of these industries? So yes, volunteering is a great way if you start to sense that you're reaching a career crossroads to help you make better decisions. It's really interesting, people who volunteer. I know the uh, esoteric view is that you're just helping that organization, but there are some really some intrinsic benefits that come from volunteering too. Oh yeah, there's 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 it just just the uplift of helping others, being a part of something, maybe just having that little bit of uh, escape from the day to day, working on something bigger. That helps with our own outlook and our positive mindset in our own jobs. You look forward to that. And I, and I know I personally saw that too in a stressful job. Hey, I'm looking forward to that board meeting next week where I can collaborate. There's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different aspects of volunteering that if, if people, you know, in their careers add that to that, uh, to your day to day or even month to month can help you make better decisions. And that's, that's really what we're we're going for is that that opportunity to step out of your day to day and be around different people, hear different ideas, and see how your skills apply elsewhere. So, if there were a couple of things that we should remember for this weekend, Joe, uh, what would you suggest to our audience about making sure that uh, we can really take that positive step toward uh, making the right decisions when it comes if we find ourselves at a career crossroads? Give yourself some time. That's not something you want to decide in a week. It may be months or even a, a year or two where you're starting to sense that you, you need to make a decision on you're just not happy. You're, you're, you're not growing. And this is something that you're going to have to plan out. And a lot of different iterations can be, hey, I'm going to start volunteering. Hey, I'm going to start meeting with my bench of career advocates on a regular basis. Hey, I'm going to start taking some, uh, some classes so I can kind of uh, broaden my horizons. That, those would be the key areas because with all that, Freddie, then you can start making better decisions uh, for your own career. If you have that information, you have that experience, but you also have those people, those career advocates that can help you in that decision-making process. Don't Please don't go alone and try to figure out where your next step is. Those career advocates can play a key role in helping you make good decisions on what's next. Well said. Joe McKenzie, you do some fine work at Ripple Connects. Yes, we do. We turn candidates into contenders. Now it's time to see what's going on for the new beginners out there. Let's bring in three things with Cassie Crandall. Thank you so much, Freddie. My thing number one this week. Do you ever get tired of wondering what to make for dinner? I sure do. 
I mean, I really have been tired of deciding what to make for dinner for years. And I just, I struggle with it. I ask for ideas and so much of the time people are just eating the same things all the time. So I got to thinking, you know how people do cookie exchanges at the holidays? Well, what if we did recipe exchanges or as part of the cookie exchange, do recipes too, but not just for the cookies. You know, what are, what are your friends and neighbors and family members making for dinner? Exchange those ideas and you might have some new material to offer up to the family, even if it is just your significant other and you. New ideas, new things to try. Yeah. Okay. Thing number two this week, I'm actually going to tell you about two things that you can consider doing this uh, Halloween season. First off, if you want to venture down to Winona, Minnesota, the Halloween Window Walk. It's part of Winona Main Street program in downtown Winona. Businesses have windows decorated during this annual competition. Yes, if you get there by October 27th, you can actually vote on the best Halloween window. This does go on through October 31st. Get your Halloween on in Winona or go north to Anoka, Minnesota. Did you know Anoka is the Halloween capital of the world? Not just the state, not just the country, but the whole world. Wow, good for you, Anoka. Well, they have all sorts of Halloween events every year, but this one takes place the evening of Saturday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. It's the Light Up the Night Parade. It's free and you get to see all sorts of colorfully lit floats. Following the parade is the annual bonfire with food trucks. All right, head up to Anoka October 22nd for a little Halloween fun. And thing number three this week, another quote, Cassie and her quotes. At the end of life, what really matters is not what we bought, but what we built. Not what we got, but what we shared. Not our competence, but our character. And not our success, but our significance. Live a life that matters. Live a life of love. That's it for me this week. For New Beginnings, I'm Cassie Crandall. Thanks so much, Cassie. We'll talk to you again next week. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference. Available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. This is a news-oriented broadcast, and all information is educational in nature is not intended to be legal, securities, tax, or insurance advice. Please consult with the appropriate professional before acting on information heard during the broadcast. You're listening to New Beginnings. New Beginnings with Freddie Bell. Hi, everyone. I'm Freddie Bell, and now it's time to talk finance with Libel Sternbach. Libel is an Amazon best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel, welcome back to New Beginnings. How are you this week? How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and uh, thanks so much. Last week, the last couple of times we were together talking about finding a financial advisor and all the different uh, titles that go along with that. And I'm just curious, as we talk about investment vehicles and tools, 
What's your opinion about annuities as an investment vehicle for retirement? So something that I like to say all the time, right, is that there there are no good or bad investments, generally speaking, right? It's whether it's appropriate for you or not appropriate, right? That that really is the question. Um, and for one person, right, an annuity may be the perfect solution to their problem. And for their next door neighbor, right, who on paper may look exactly the same, it may be the absolute worst thing in the world. Um, so there are no right or wrong answers of, you know, is it a good investment for retirement? It, you know, to say yes or no. Yeah, it's absolutely great. Right. If, whenever I hear someone say that, right, I know right away they're just trying to sell something because the world is not black and white. Right. And especially when it comes to something as big as an annuity or investment decisions. Right. There is no you know, clear cut, like this is right for everyone. This is wrong for everyone. Having said that, one of my pet peeves is calling annuities investments, right? And there are a lot of insurance agents who will call their insurance products investments. And, and they, they view it as, well, you're putting money in and you're getting money out. So therefore it's an investment. However, I think, right, that when you are buying an, uh, an insurance contract, whether it's an annuity or it's an index uh, universal life policy or a whole life policy or even term policy, right, or long-term care, the, all of these things are great products, right? They're amazing products. They can do amazing things for you. However, right, it is not the same as owning a stock or a bond or an ETF or something that you can easily buy and sell, Right. And I think that calling it an investment makes people think that it's somehow similar when it's not. You can't, you know, it, each of these are individual contracts and it, it literally changes from one person to the next. And you need to be buying it for the contract reasons and for the other benefits besides for a return. Because if all you're looking for is performance, then there are lots of better ways than annuities to get performance. However, if you want the thing that annuities were built for, which was, you know, a paycheck for life, guaranteed income for life, or any of the other benefits of annuities, well, that's something that you're not going to get outside of the insurance world because no one's going to give you that con contractual guarantee. So I think that, you know, thinking of it as an investment is a, is a detriment, right? It takes away from the great value that annuities bring to your retirement if done for the right reasons. So it's not a matter of semantics when you call an annuity an investment. Yeah, it's not a matter of semantics. It, it literally, it's not an investment, right? I mean, you can, you can think of it as an investment, but you shouldn't. You should think of it as I'm getting these benefits, right? That have a certain amount that you can't put dollars to. Right. Because if you were able to really quantify the value that you got out of an annuity, then it would be a no brainer. Right. And the insurance company would either never go into the contract or everyone would be buying them. But there has to be a certain element of uncertainty in order for it to make any financial sense for both parties. Interesting. So you mentioned benefits, the word two or three times in just short few minutes. Tell us about the benefits of annuities and how they work for the holder of them. 
so the the primary benefit of annuities, right? It comes from the word annuity, which means you know, check for you know, guaranteed payment, right? Uh, for life, really, right? That's typically what it is, but it's a guaranteed set of payments over a period of time. And the idea is, and this this is important, right? And this is the history of annuities, which go back to actually pastors pastors who were retiring and they needed a way to fund their retirement. And that's how annuities came about. But an annuity, right, is I have this sum of money and I am afraid that I'm going to run out of money in retirement. And so therefore, right, my two options are I can either invest the money myself or I can give my money to someone else who's going to invest it. And they're going to contractually guarantee to me a set amount of money for the rest of my life, right? That is the definition, the textbook definition of an annuity, right? Now, there are lots of room for ambiguity over there. It's how much of a payment are you going to get? How long is it until you get your first payment? What happens if you die sooner than you expected? There are lots of questions Right. And that's where the insurance company can make their money or where you, as the purchaser of an annuity, can get your value. But at the end of the day, right, it's about getting that paycheck for life, ideally for life or for a period certain for a guaranteed sum of money. How is an annuity the same or different from investing in the stock market? Then, So a when you invest in the stock market, you own a company or you are participating in the ups and downs of the stock market. When you have an annuity, you have zero direct participation in the market. What you have, right, you give your money over to the insurance company. You may be able to influence how they invest it a little bit, but when the insurance company invests that money and when they say, oh, your money grew, the way that money grows, right? So first of all, you don't actually own the stock market. They say, well, the stock market went up 10% from the month of October to October, right? October 21 to 22 or whatever, right? So over this 12 month period, the stock market went up. We're going to give you, you know, 80% of that up to a certain percentage amount, right? So they're not giving you, 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 it's not like if you own the stocks, right? Or you own an ETF or a mutual fund of the stock market, you would get 100% of that growth, right? With no limits. On the flip side, you would get 100% of those losses, right, with no limits. There are ways in the stock market to have limits, right, and to, to manage it. But at the end of the day, nobody, very few people are going to give you a contractual guarantee. And it used to be impossible to do it on your own. Now it's not so impossible. Uh, it's just difficult uh, to get contractual um, guarantees that if the market went down, let's say 10%, that you're not going to go down 10%, that you'd go down to zero, right? But here's the other thing. In annuity, right, it's not an investment. So, okay, the stock market went up. Let's say you put in $100,000 into an annuity, right? Or let's let's use easy numbers, $100 into an annuity. Okay. Stock market goes up 10%, right? So, therefore, you would think, okay, my annuity is going to go up by $10, right? It went up by 10%. I should get that 10% in my annuity. But you're not invested in the stock market. What it is, is that this pot of money, this arbitrary pot of money that the annuity company has decided, they're going to show you values of your, you know, accumulation value or your cash value or whatever, right? They've got different numbers that they'll show you 
um, it's going to get credited with that interest. But that then needs to be converted into something, right? Because that that's just numbers on a piece of paper. And that's literally all it is, is numbers on a piece of paper. Um, what really matters is how much income that turns into. And so it becomes a very ripe for a lot of manipulation on both sides. And 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 I'm on record as saying this, right? There are times when the insurance company will give out contracts that make no financial sense. They will give, you know, things like bonuses, right? They're like, we think people are really nervous about the stock market right now. And right now is the perfect time to sell these policies. So we're going to go out and we just want to gather as much assets. We don't care whether we're immediately profitable because we're an insurance company and we're going to be around for hundreds of years. So we can make money over 20, 30, 50 years. What we want is to gather as much assets as possible. And we're going to give you bonuses that you couldn't get in the open market, right? Like right now they're saying, well, the market's down. I've heard of annuities that are giving 20% bonuses, right? So essentially what they're telling investors is, hey, market's down. We're going to bring you back to what your losses were, recover your losses and give you some, right? And you're going to never lose again. That's a very attractive deal to some people. It sounds that way. Yeah. And it's not something like that you would think on the surface makes financial sense to the insurance company to do, but it makes sense to them because their time horizons are very different than us. And what they do with that money is very different than what we would do with our money. So they're able to do things that make profit or operate at a loss for a long period of time and do things that don't make financial sense because they're playing a different game. So since annuities pay out over X period of time, are there any risks associated with it? There are there are a, a number of risks associated with annuities, right? So the biggest one that you should be aware of is that your money is locked up, right? So you put that money into an annuity, and if you try to liquidate that annuity prior to the surrender period, right, whatever that is, because the insurance company needs to make their money, they need time for that money to grow before they can start paying you out those really nice uh, payments. So if you pull it out too soon, they're going to penalize you. So there's going to be an early withdrawal penalty, not just from the IRS, but from the insurance company as well. So you need to know what those numbers are. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you need to know is what are the assumptions built into the illustration that you're seeing? Because remember, they're trying to look into a crystal ball of the future. And that crystal ball may or may not match up to what reality is. And so if your insurance agent is being a little too aggressive and trying to show you something that's too good to be true, he may be showing you assumptions that you, when you look at them, you're like, there's no way the market's going to do 30% next year. What are you showing me this for? Right. And that happens, right? There could be very aggressive assumptions in the illustration that you're seeing that may not match reality. So you need a, you need a question, uh, you know, what that is. The other thing is, is, you know, you got to ask yourself, how's the insurance company investing this, right? Not every insurance company is built equally. Um, some take on more risk than others. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt, and then AIG was about to follow. AIG was the counterparty for a lot of the Lehman Brothers contracts in 2008. And that's when the Fed decided to step in and bail them out. Mm -hmm. AIG, right, is a huge financial carrier, right? Tons of annuities, tons of insurance business. But they were engaged in that behavior, which on their books doesn't look risky. 
because on their books, technically, you know, they take out these huge contracts and they net each other out and they hedge their risks. So it should be zero risk, except when something like 2008 happens, then it's not zero risk. So you got to ask yourself that question of, you know, uh, are they being a little too aggressive and are they actually going to be able to pay out when the time comes to pay out? Because insurance companies do go under every now and then. Uh, so you need a you got to just, you know, pass the sniff test. It doesn't seem too good to be true. Interesting. We're just about out of time. So what would you tell someone who's considering whether or not to invest in an annuity for retirement purposes? I would say shop it around. That's number one. Insurance companies specialize in risk. So you may get a one number from one one guy. Go around. Shop around town to all the different agents. Um, and find out. Don't feel bad about it because every insurance company is different. Every agent is different because every contract is different and they may structure it differently. So go shop that thing around because chances are, right, you're going to buy this one annuity or two annuities and that's it. And you want to get it right the first time. All right. That's Libel Sternbach. Where can we get more information? Yieldsforyou.com. Thank you, Libel. We look forward to hearing from you again next week. And now it's time for this week's Point of Focus. I have a great time with my life, and I want to share it. Nowadays, a lot of people think of positivity and optimism as something unrealistic, something almost delusional. It teaches the cultivation of peace of mind as a power center out of which comes driving energy. This is life and enterprise management. I love living. I think that's infectious. It's something that you can't fake. If you want to do more, gain more, or be more, that's prosperity, our point of focus. Even though abundance and prosperity is as vast as the ocean, you can only carry as much water as your container will hold. If you want to enjoy more, if you want to experience more, if you want to have more, you have to come to the party with a larger container. You have to prepare yourself. You have to get ready. You have to be in that moment and be ready to experience prosperity no matter how it comes. So when you come looking for water, bring the largest container you can find. And after you fill that container, be sure to share it with others. That's our point of focus, prosperity. I'm Freddie Bell. If you'd like to learn more, www.freddiebell.com or 888-639-9738. Or you can reach me by email. It's freddie at freddiebell.com. Freddie at freddiebell.com. And now, our supporting partner, AARP in the Twin Cities. AARP Minnesota and Pollen are, are excited, as I understand it, to announce their latest class of the 50 over 50. What is 50 over 50? Oh, well, Freddie, this is a very esteemed list of individuals who are really disrupting those myths about aging, right? I mean, hey, I will I will fully admit I turned 50 uh, two months ago, and, you know, 50 is not what it used to be. And this is a list of people from the community who are making a difference in the nonprofit community, the arts and culture community, uh, community building, business community, and, again, just those disruptors who are really 
changing the idea about aging. And Freddie, we are so thrilled that you are being honored as one of our 50 over 50 honorees this year in the nonprofit category. Oh my gosh. So, uh, um, how does this all happen? How does this, how do you, how do you select the nominees who eventually become a part of the 50 over 50 class? Yeah, so we partner with uh, Pollen Midwest, and we start those nominations early in the year, reaching out to all of our contacts uh, all across the community, asking people to nominate those individuals who truly are making a difference through their courageous, compassionate, and selfless acts of service. Um, and we have a selection committee who pours over all of those nominations, and it, really, it is the cream of the crop. And these are just folks who are, you know, movers and shakers and truly making a difference uh, no matter what their age is. Well, I w- do want to say thank you to AARP and Pollen. I see that you're calling me an, an airwave activator. Did you happen to just create that category? <laughs> <laughs> well, we try to come. Yeah, we try to come up with some, you know, creative ways to describe people. But uh, you know, Freddie, you are you are so much more than a radio host. You are an MC, a motivational speaker, an author, a racial justice activist, a mentor. You know, you were just inducted into the Minnesota Broadcasting Hall of Fame in 2021. You received the Changemakers at Home Award from the Minneapolis Department of Civil Rights, and I mean, you've truly are a voice of and for the people but I think this part of your nomination really says it all and I think could be applied to lots of folks um, who are on this list but as an author of Words to the Wise, A Guide to Daily Living with Inspiration and I'm making a note I need to read that um, Freddie is always upbeat seeking to create positive change and share his gifts with the world and that is that is uh, that is high praise my friend Wow. Okay, so let's go on to somebody else. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Thank you so much. So you got 50. Who, who else would you like to highlight this morning? Sure. Well, um, we in the disruptor category, Dr. Joey Lewis, uh, after a distinguished career, career in higher education, Dr. Lewis stepped away to focus on her own wellness and healing in the community mm-hmm. um, and really aiming at that, you know, specific trauma, stress and challenges that that black and brown people experience. And so um, for her work in that field, um, she is being honored. Um, we have, uh, let's see, Michael... Clever Diggs uh, in the arts category. So a leader and instructor with the Minnesota Prison Writing Workshop. So mm-hmm. helping people um, cultivate and elevate their power, uh, their voice through literacy. Um, it's just a tremendous, tremendous list. I mean, it goes on and on. Wow. But folks can learn more about that at 50 over 50. And then we have the whole list published uh, as well as information about the upcoming celebration. So when is the celebration? Yes, it is October 25th from 4 to 6.30 p.m. Uh, we are hosting that uh, celebration for honorees at Quincy Hall in Minneapolis. Um, anyone is open to attend. We do ask that you register. Um, tickets are only $10. Um, honorees are free, of course. Um, but uh, tickets are only $10 because we do want this to be a community event, and we don't want that to be prohibitive for people to attend. So, again, you can get more information on the dates, times, location, and register at 50 over 50 mn.org so that's 50 over 50 and i'm glad Correct. that uh, you're letting me come this, this should be a lot of fun that night oh uh, we're honored to have you it's, it's going to be a great event 
Kathy McClear, the state director and the esteemed state director, I should say, for AARP Minnesota. So exciting every time we get a chance to connect. Uh, we don't do it often enough. Thanks for being with us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Hi, everyone. So glad you're joining us this weekend on New Beginnings. Just for fun right now, a couple of studies a few years back found a growing happiness gap between men and women. One tracked traditional happiness data by asking people how satisfied they are with their lives. It found that women who in the early 70s reported being slightly happier than men are now slightly less happy. The other analyzed time-use studies over the past four decades to determine how much time men and women spent doing things they found unpleasant. Since the 1960s, men have gradually cut back on tasks they dislike. They now work less and relax more. Meanwhile, women have replaced housework with paid work and, as a result, are spending more time doing things they don't enjoy. Women aren't actually working more today than they were 30 or 40 years ago. They're just spending more time on paid work and less on cooking and cleaning. Bravo. It's wacky, but it's true. In Scotland, a guy known for playing pranks all the time had one pulled on him for his birthday when friends bricked up the front door of his house. His partner found out something was up when she opened the door to take their young daughter to school and found that she was looking at a wall. And this is wacky and true, too. An elderly burglar in Italy knew his victims wouldn't be home for a few days, so he made himself at home. Before taking a carload full of valuables, he did some laundry, took a shower, and made a couple of meals. He was busted by his teeth. When he chowed down, he soaked a backup set of his dentures in a glass in the bathroom. Yeah. When the homeowners came back, they found the teeth and called the cops, who tracked the man down by the unique serial ID on the choppers. And what goes best with peanut butter? Maybe it isn't jelly. So what does go best with peanut butter? Let me know. Hit me on Instagram, Freddie Bell Radio. Just for fun, and we'll be back. In today's world, we really need words of encouragement. Introducing Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell. Let your mind be opened by the wisdom of thought. Let the inspiration of the words feed your mind, body, and spirit. Regardless of the issues you face each day, Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell can help you power through. Words to the Wise by Freddie Bell, a handy reference. Available on Amazon, freddiebell.com, and Barnes & Noble. Get the most from AARP, including advice and support to help you care for your loved ones. Fraud prevention with tips and tools to help protect you from scams and fraud, including a free helpline if you've been targeted, a scam tracking map, and watchdog alerts via email through the AARP Fraud Watch Network. If you don't know AARP, you don't know ARP. More information at AARP.org. Here's your host, Freddie Bell, as he welcomes career expert Joe McKenzie, founder of Ripple Connects. Joe McKenzie, how can we avoid the myopic career search? We can avoid the myopic job search by looking at your career, looking back, look at your marketable skills and your pattern of achievement, and bring those forward to see what's marketable today. And that will help you avoid the unimaginative, narrow-minded, short-sighted approach 
through a job search. Bring those those attributes, those accomplishments forward, and I'm confident that you're going to find new opportunities out there that you may have never thought of. For more information, how can we reach Joe McKenzie of Ripple Connects? You can contact me directly at 763-438-1621. 763-438-1621. Your network plus my techniques equals more success for you. As New Beginnings continues, we now take you to the spirituality portion of our program, where we introduce the Senior Minister of Unity South Twin Cities, the Reverend James Stacy. We now join Reverend Stacy with a program already in progress. And what was interesting was when the monks were no longer meditating specifically, but just their regular self, even though those recordings on the EEG declined slightly, they still stayed at an average level far higher than in any of the other test subjects. They had developed a capacity of compassion and empathy that was reflected and could be demonstrated by the activity within their brain. The last study I'll mention was at the Max Planck Institute in Germany, and they found very similar results with subjects who were given compassion training before viewing upsetting images. And when they were given the compassion training and they viewed these upsetting images, they were resilient and able to stay with it and didn't have to just turn away. The conclusion of the research was that cultivating compassion is not only possible, but it also strengthens resilience and makes witnessing hard things easier to cope with and therefore easier to take helpful action. Although these research studies are just a little taste, I want to recall what I began with, Jesus' golden rule, which is reflected in many world traditions and religious teachings. This attitude of treating others as you would want them to treat you. This exchange of empathy between people that the golden rule helps build and nurture. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. There is a good reason this moral principle is seen in most world religions. It gives another dimension to our work and our effort. Now, our work can be in earning a living, producing goods, offering services, and this is all good. 
But we should also look at what giving, first through compassion, through empathy, and then to the sharing of finance, of participation, what that does to build us as individuals or as we give credit to Churchill, we make a living by what we get, but we make a living by what we give. This Labor Day holiday, you might want to consider how your efforts are directed. Do you have a sense of them? Do you have a balance between self-care and an other focus, an empathy and giving nature? As you leave the sanctuary today, I've asked Yvette and John to hand out a little sheet you can take home. And it's a well-developed tool, developed at um, Minnesota State University at Moorhead, and it was used in these research projects I've been citing. And it's just an opportunity for you on your own to take the 20 questions and see how you scored. See, are you the person, the empathetic, compassionate person, the giving person you thought you were? Can there be adjustments? But what we learn from the research is it is your choice. It is your decision. You can learn to be what you want to be. Aren't you glad that we didn't come into this world fixed? Well, like a machine. Machines do their thing very well, but they only do what they're designed to do. They can't learn. Well, some people in computer technology might argue with me a little bit on that. But basically... Technology is a fixed system until it's designed to a higher level, a higher model. And so I'll conclude with this quote from John Nesbitt, a researcher in future studies and author of that bestseller from several decades ago entitled Megatrends. He predicted in the 20th century that the most exciting breakthroughs of the 21st century will not occur because of technology, but because of an expanding concept of what it means to be human. You hear that contrast? The biggest breakthroughs in this century for humanity will not be technology, as we're so often told, but will be an expanding concept, or we might say consciousness, of what it means to be human, fully human. So I invite you to join with me as we enter the silence and just plant this affirmation in our mind, this seed. So close your eyes if you choose. And just acknowledge we are all in the embrace of our Creator. We're all surrounded and filled by the power of creative life that brought us into being. 
It is a realm of all possibility, of unlimited potential. So I invite you to affirm within yourself, I am a creative agent of good in this world. I choose to make a positive difference as I grow my empathy skills. I can witness the world issues with resilience because I know change is possible. Change in me, change in others, and resulting change in the way the world works. Thank you, Spirit, for guiding and supporting me as I become the change I want to see in the world. Wow. And so it is. We are all creative agents of good. And so we say, Amen. And I invite you to allow your attention to return with ease. You just heard a message coming from the Reverend James Stacy, the Senior Minister of Unity South in the Twin Cities. More information is found at their website at unitysouth.org. Thanks for joining us on New Beginnings. And today is National Get Funky Day. Turn up the energy, improve the mood, smile, laugh, and dance. Share the enthusiasm everywhere you go. The day encourages everyone to break out of their funk and get funky. When we add a little spice to our everyday routine, it keeps life interesting, too. Watch your interactions between customers, coworkers, and loved ones improve. Funkiness is infectious. National Get Funky Day invites you to celebrate life, spread love, laughter, and light. Get funky by wearing the brightest clothes, dance to the happy music, smile, laugh, let your hair down, high-five, and hug people. Have a party, help a neighbor, be positive, and have fun. Whatever you do, step out of your normal and get funky with it. The goal is to generate as much positivity as possible. The day will go down as the funkiest in history. Wow, you are what you do and getting funky with it at the same time. I'm Freddie Bell. Follow me on Instagram, Freddie Bell Radio, and tweet me on Twitter at Freddie Bell. And here are today's words to the wise You are what you do. Today's words to the wise read, You are what you do. That's page 33 of the book entitled Words to the Wise, and I happen to have written the book. The title of that page is called Integrity. I'm Freddie Bell. Follow me on Instagram, Freddie Bell Radio, and tweet me on Twitter, at Freddie Bell. Well, that's our show for this week, and we have a very special thanks to all of our guests this week. And, of course, you. We wouldn't have a program without you being there as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Thank you for making us a part of your week. And for everyone who's been a part of this one, this is Freddie Bell reminding you that every day is a chance for a new beginning. Goodbye, everybody.